Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Today is a big day. It's the 500-year anniversary of Luther's bold confession, Here I Stand. It was on April 18th of 1521 when Luther made that confession before the Emperor Charles V, perhaps one of the most powerful men in all the world at that time boldly standing on the word of God, refusing to take back what he had written, which confirmed what God's word said. He boldly stood upon the word of truth. What made Luther so bold? In our lesson for today, we see another bold confession, that of the apostle Peter, also brought before great rulers and authorities. We see Peter, too, also makes a very bold confession concerning his Savior, Jesus Christ, that he has risen from the dead, What made Peter so bold to stand up for what was right and what was true, even when his life was at risk and threatened? God's word for us this morning in our meditation is recorded for us in Acts chapter 4, beginning at verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we are being questioned today for a kind act that was done for the lame man, as to how this man has been healed... Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that it was by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. By him this man stands before you healed. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. Lord, these are your words, and therefore they are your truth. We ask that you'd increase our faith through them. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed, just last week I was listening to uh, some talk radio, and as I was listening in, there was a, a woman who called into the show, and she wanted to tell the host that she had come up with a, an awesome parody, a song parody, and she wanted to share with him the lyrics of that song parody. And he said, okay. Let's have you sing it right here, right now, on the spot. She said, no, I'm not prepared to do that. I'm I'm not a singer. He said, no, no, come on, you can do it. And he even started playing the music in the background. She said, no, I'm not going to do it. And she refused. The host even went further. He he wouldn't let her go. He even called up another talk show host and, and invited him to come and sing along with her. And again, still she refused. She was not going to embarrass herself. She had no confidence in her own singing ability. Many surveys have done of people and their fears, and it's perhaps not surprising that one of the greatest fears people have is public speaking or public performance. In fact, some people even rank that above even the fear of death. It is certainly terrifying to have to speak in front of a crowd Maybe speak what you believe even can fill us with fear. You see, Peter in our lesson for today really put on the spot, don't we? Peter's even threatened. Yet we see that Peter speaks so boldly, doesn't he? He boldly confesses the truth of God's word. Peter was put up on trial not for the crime of murder, not for the crime of theft, 
But for proclaiming that that man was healed by the power of Jesus the Nazarene, Jesus the Christ. That really was the problem that those religious leaders had with him, that Peter was proclaiming Jesus as the Messiah and proclaiming that Jesus had risen from the dead. God invites us today to also be bold, to be bold as we confess Christ. So what moved Peter to speak so boldly? Well, if we look at our lesson for today, note what it says at the very beginning. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what moved him to say those words, to be so bold in his confession, even when his life was threatened. In fact, Jesus himself had predicted all of these things. Back in Luke 12, Jesus had said, When they bring you before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourself or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that hour what you should say. Jesus had predicted all of this. He'd predicted that Christians would be brought before rulers and authorities, that they'd be worried and concerned and nervous. What am I going to say? Put on the spot public speaking, right? But he assured them the Holy Spirit is going to give you the words to say. Now we know Peter and John, Luther, Certainly, we'd say those were men of God filled with the Holy Spirit. Of course, Peter and John, I mean, they have books of the Bible even named after them, don't they? We know how God caused those books to be written. It was through the Holy Spirit who guided them to write the very words that he gave them. Call it verbal inspiration. God, the Holy Spirit, breathed into them those very words. We know that those men had the Holy Spirit. But what about us? There's a very comforting passage just a couple chapters before our lesson for today in Acts 2. As Peter is addressing the crowd on Pentecost Sunday, and he says this, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. We often focus on that part, how through baptism we receive the forgiveness of sins, but it goes on to say this, And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say you, you might, or, or maybe if you're baptized, this, this could happen for you. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Have you been baptized into the Christian faith? Do you believe Jesus Christ is your Savior? Then know that you have the Holy Spirit. He dwells within you. In fact, the Scriptures testify no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Think about what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6. That do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who dwells within you? As God, the Holy Spirit is within each and every one of us. And he is the one who helps us to speak and confess the truth. But what if we fail? What if we don't speak the truth? What if we're silent or even deny our Lord? You know, in that same context, when Jesus told his disciples that they can take comfort that when they're put on the spot, God, the Holy Spirit's going to give them the words to say, he also said this, whoever confesses me before other people, the Son of Man will also confess him before the angels of God. But whoever denies me in the presence of other people will be denied in the presence of the angels of God. Have you ever denied your Savior, Jesus? 
Maybe not admitting that you're a Christian. Maybe even speaking against the Christian faith. Maybe even belittling it. Maybe simply you were silent when you should have spoken. When you should have defended the truth. When you should have stood up for your Savior despite the consequences. But you are weak. You are afraid. You made up excuses. I, I don't know what to say. You failed to confess Christ, perhaps denied him by your words and actions. Is there hope for us? We have denied the Lord. We think about what Jesus says, whoever denies me in the presence of other people will be denied in the presence of the angels of God. That's what we deserve, isn't it? Peter himself denied Jesus, didn't he? In fact, he wasn't really pressured all that much just by a little servant girl as he was around a fire. She said, weren't you with Jesus of Nazareth? Aren't you one of them? He said, I don't know the man. In fact, he cursed and swore, denied Jesus three times, and then the rooster crowed. And you remember that Jesus had foretold that that would happen, that he was going to deny him. And he was distraught over his denial He ran out and wept bitterly. Now, there's an amazing account that occurs, though, in the Holy Scriptures after Jesus rose from the dead. He appears to his disciples in Galilee, and on one occasion, he's with them near the Sea of Galilee, and he takes Peter aside, and he asks Peter this question. He says, do you love me? And Peter responds, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus goes on and asks him again, And again, three times Jesus asks him, reminding him of his denial. Peter remembers his sin. It's not at this point that Jesus says, well, then you're unworthy of me. Then I turn my back on you. Go home, Peter. No, he says, follow me. With that simple word, he reassures Peter that he is forgiven of even that sin, even denying his Savior that he is right with him, and he invites him to continue to confess the truth to others. God does the same for you and for me. He reassures us that even that sin of silence and denial of our Savior, even that sin is forgiven. We think of what precious hope we have in our epistle lesson for this morning. The blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. All sin. Everyone, even those times when we were silent, even those times when we denied our Lord, Jesus' blood covers those. It's by the Holy Spirit that we have come to believe and to know that is true. But Peter wasn't just so bold because of the working of the Holy Spirit, but for another reason as well, his confidence in Christ. It's really this that also gave Luther his boldness that day as he stood there before the emperor. You know, we as Lutherans often celebrate October 31st as Reformation Day, right? We have an annual celebration. What occurred on that day? October 31st, 1517, Luther nailed his 95 theses to the castle church door in Wittenberg and began that Reformation It's a good day to mark on our calendars and to remember. And we speak very highly of those 95 theses. But have you ever read them? 
you'd actually sit down and read the 95 theses, you might be a little shocked that some of them contain false doctrine, contain things that, that we would not hold to today. It seems that Luther in the 95 theses speaks approvingly of teachings such as purgatory. You read through a number of the theses, it, it even makes you wonder if Luther promotes works righteousness instead of grace, or fa- instead of salvation by grace through faith. I myself have often wondered if Luther was especially opposed to indulgences, not so much because it was works over grace, but because indulgences were such an easy way to earn your way to heaven that you didn't have to go through the hard work of repentance and the hard work of also showing your sorrow over your sin by, by con- continuing with acts of obedience demanded by the church. A year or so later, Luther is remarked as saying that he would be silent if his enemies would do the same. Seems a bit odd for us, so different compared to what we see On that day in 1521, April 18th, as Luther stood so boldly, what changed in him is that he was able to stand up for the truth despite how his life was threatened, despite even how peace in his country and the world was threatened. Luther says that it was in 1519 that as he was reading the book of Romans again for himself, the first chapter, he came across, again, a very troubling phrase in that chapter. Troubling phrase that said this, For in the gospel, a justice from God is revealed. Every time he had read that, it, it really troubled him. For in the gospel, a justice from God is revealed. The gospel, the good news, reveals a justice from God didn't make any sense. How in the world could that possibly be good news to anyone? That God's justice is revealed? That's the gospel? But as Luther was studying that chapter, he read the context, and soon it was all clear. For in the gospel, a justice or righteousness from God is revealed by faith for faith. Just as it is written, the just will live by faith. You see, Luther came to understand that that justice that was spoken of in that passage was a justice that God gives to his people, a righteousness that is God's, that he gives by grace through faith so that the just, those who are justified, those who are righteous, live by faith. It's by faith that they are justified. It's by faith that they are righteous and holy in God's sight. Luther goes on to remark, All at once I felt that I had been born again and entered into paradise itself through open gates. Immediately I saw the whole of Scripture in a different light. Luther saw the gospel truth perhaps for the very first time for himself. That it wasn't by works that he was saved, but it was by grace through faith. And it was such a treasure for him. It opened up paradise for him to be comforted that he was right with God through faith in his Savior, Jesus Christ. It was this that really emboldened Luther that day in 1521. Because Luther was confident of what the word of God said. The word of God said that he is right with God because of Christ and what he had done. 
Because of his confidence in Christ, Luther was unwilling to back down on any of the word of God. Because if he would, he knew what that would mean for also his comfort. He would lose that comfort if he went against God's word. So he stood boldly and he testified, Unless I am convinced by the testimony of the scriptures, or by clear reason, I am bound by the scriptures, and my conscience is captive to the word of God, I cannot and will not recant. Here I stand, I can do no other. May God help me. Amen. Luther stood upon the sure, firm word of God, in which he was confident. Confident that it proclaimed his Savior from sin, Jesus Christ. Peter did the same in our lesson for today, didn't he? Peter was bold, not just because of the work of the Holy Spirit, but also because of his confidence in Christ as the Savior, the Messiah. And how did Peter know those things to be true? He had seen it with his own eyes. He had touched him with his own hands. He had heard him alive with his own ears. And not only this, all of these things were confirmed by the Holy Scriptures themselves. So that Peter could be so bold to go against these religious leaders, to call them out for rejecting the very cornerstone and key to all of the Scriptures, the key to the faith itself. Because he was confident that Jesus was the one who was the fulfillment of what the scriptures spoke, we too can have such confidence even today. We have confidence in our Savior Jesus Christ. We have come to know him, that he is our Savior from sin. We have come to know that he has risen from the dead. We know these things through baptism, through God's word that testifies to this word of truth. God reassures us Christ has risen from the dead, as we have so many eyewitnesses accounts of people like Peter and John that testified to this truth, so that we can be certain Christ is risen, and because he has risen, I know that I am right with God. I know that my sins are forgiven. Many times, though, we're so worried about what we'll say. We can become so afraid, perhaps when given the opportunity to confess our Savior. God calls us really to confess the faith that we know, to confess the hope that we ourselves have in our own heart, that hope that's founded on the word of God. You know, sometimes we think when it it comes to speaking the truth about Jesus concerning the Bible, well, it's something we want to leave up to the pastors or the religion professors at the colleges or maybe the professionals, but, but not me. I, I don't know enough. And what if somebody asks me a question that I, that I don't know the answer to? It's good to remember. When a crime has been committed and there's a trial and a witness is brought forward, quite often the reason they're brought forward isn't because they're an expert on that crime in particular. But all the jury wants to hear, all the judge wants to hear is what that person saw and heard, what that person knows to be true, so that they themselves might also come to know that it's true. That's what God calls us to do. calls us to witness to the truth that we know in our hearts, that we know that we are right with God because of Christ. We know he has risen from the dead because we know how it has been revealed to us in holy scriptures. All of the evidence laid out for us It's not so difficult to talk about the hope that we have in our Savior, Jesus Christ. As I mentioned earlier in the sermon, that woman that day on the radio was quite intimidated and nervous to be put on the spot to 
sing for a live radio audience. She wasn't confident in her own ability. Neither should we be confident in our own ability when it comes to confessing Christ. Let us be confident in something else. Confident in the power of God who works through the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit is within you. And confident in the very word of God that testifies to this truth. The faith that God has given you to believe and also to confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. I invite you to please rise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore.